Hello, everyone, and we are live. What's up? I see. Yeah, I realized, you know, the la- the last podcast of the year, and I screw up the intro. I usually start with "We are live." Hello, oh, everyone. Change it up. Hello, everyone. First, so I don't know. I was so I, I was so excited to get going and talking about the Survivor Forty Four uh, finale that we're about to recap. That I just I just completely screwed up my normal intro. So I'll, I'll get restarted real quickly here. And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast for the last time this season, Survivor 44 finale recap. What's up, Ryan? How are you doing? And, you know, I'm excited to hear your thoughts. Dylan, a happy finale to you as well. Um, It's always bittersweet. I mean, we always love recapping a Survivor season, recapping the finale. It always goes so fast. It feels like we wait months and months and forever for a new season and then the season itself just flies by. But no, I'm very excited to be here with you today, talk about the finale of Survivor 44 and just get into everything about the winner, about the season as a whole, lots to uh, break down. Yeah, yeah, there's 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 so much to talk about. Uh, you know, wish wish we could have got to this a few days sooner, but because of my work trip, we couldn't. But, you know, still excited to be here. Um, and yeah, like you said, there's a lot to talk about. Um, obviously, we had uh, Jam Jam, taking home the win in survivor 44. So although I predicted his, uh, his, what would be his downfall? Um, I was wrong and, uh, he ends up getting the win. So, uh, congratulations to him. Um, I think, you know, let's start off there, right? So, you know, we usually start off with the vote out. Let's start off with the, uh, who ends up winning the season, which yeah. is jam jam. I think ultimately I could say that in my opinion, and, and I think most people agree is that, I believe that Jam Jam is the best winner of the new era so far. Um, and then I would probably say he's like a mid-tier winner compared to like all the rest of the seasons. Um, I think that, you know, the hints were kind of there throughout the season. And we, we spoke about it, that this was a possibility. Is like he kind of got the edit of the person who had, you know, was instrumental in basically voting everybody out of the game. Uh, if they went for Jam Jam, he voted them out. And that's kind of how it went until it was too late. And, you know, they had one last chance to get, and we could get into this, but they had one last chance to get Jam Jam out at final five. Uh, And ultimately his social game was good enough to get him past that point. And then even, you know, on a more impressive scale, uh, you know, Jam Jam gets to the final three by not even having to do fire making, which continues the trend of I believe all four seasons. Oh no, not 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 forty three, but um, forty two and forty one. Uh, the player who won, Erica and Marianne, were just taken to fire, and that's the same thing that happened in season forty four. Uh, forty three, Gab- Gabler went into fire in order to beat Jesse, but um, you know, forty forty four happens the same way that forty one and forty two did, as the winner gets taken to final tribal council final three instead of having to go to fire so thought that was you know an interesting tidbit i did not think it was going to happen that way especially that everybody you know jam jam's name had been on the block basically the entire season um i'm pretty surprised that that ended up happening granted it happened because heidi wanted to go to fire herself to boost her resume so it was a little bit unconventional in that way but yeah i'm excited to hear what you think ryan yeah, no, I mean, I'm very happy for Jam Jam. Obviously, we, we've been saying all season, this has been Tika's season, the Three Stooges. Very happy for him. He seems like a really great and fun person in real life, and I think he was a pretty great player. Uh, I agree with you. Like, we were texting of the new era. 
probably the best because not only do I think he had a, a really great social game, probably I think one of the best social players we've ever seen, honestly, thinking about it. Um, but, you know, also just the fact that we were able to see his game. Obviously, we've, we've kind of gone on a whole tangent about you know not seeing erica's game not really seeing gabler's game and understanding why they won and, and then marianne obviously we saw a bit more of her but really that was more towards the back half of the season whereas jam jam was always really like in our vision the whole time and we understood how he got there and how he won um so again like, like i said social game i really feel like other than maybe michelle fitzgerald and a couple other really great social players that you can talk about or even social winners he had one of the best i really feel like especially and that comes out in the exit press i mean from hearing jamie and heidi and lauren and granted we felt like jam jam was close with the tika three but he was like friendly with everyone else we don't i think we underestimated how much his he was how close he was with like jamie and lauren like they really loved him i think lauren said in her exit press like when she got there she was never going to vote for anyone but jam jam so he really had the social game on lock and like you said he also played a pretty great you know cerebral strategic game in terms of like if you vote for me you go home he was on the block a couple times but he was able to get his his name off the block as well and he played the middle with carson and carolyn so um obviously the jury saw carson as probably the the main player to win there but i have no qualms whatsoever with jam jam being our winner yeah i i completely agree when i when i said uh that I think he is a, a mid-tier winner. Again, we're, we're judging over 44 seasons. So I'd probably, you know, put him like an upper mid-tier type. And I do think that he was fully deserving of, you know, winning this winning this season. And he was the, be he was the best player on the season. It was as simple as that. Um, and he's a good winner. So, uh, you know, good good for, for Jam Jam. Very, very happy for him. Um, and yeah, there's, there, there is a lot more, though, to get into here with, you know, the other five. Um, and that, and I think, you know, this is kind of the elephant in the room that we haven't addressed yet, but Carolyn ends up being the zero vote finalist yeah. in this season, which I could tell you, I did not expect. Um, and I think a lot of people didn't expect it. Um, I'm something, so, so something that this finale did not feel complete. And I feel like it, this may have been why um, I'm complete again, Jam Jam deserved to win the game of Survivor 44, him winning over Carolyn is completely fine like i i'm completely fine with that but like given everything that we saw of carolyn's game you know i think it's it, it's weird that heidi ends up getting second place over her i feel like right it's just like it doesn't feel like it, right almost um granted um you know i i understand it from the point that like all right well you know there's jam jam sitting up there and carolyn who were basically aligned the entire time so people may have just figured like all right, if I'm going to vote for Tika, I'm voting for Jam Jam. Um, and then it just went 7-1 with Danny just throwing the stray vote on on uh, Heidi because he liked her her bold move or whatever, which, <laughs> I mean, you know, I, look, all, all I'm going to say is that uh, it's nice to have jury <laughs> jury members like that, so it wasn't like a complete 8-0. But I think there is something to discuss in terms of <laughs> four 7-1 votes at final tri tribal council uh, in a row these this new era season i think a lot of it has to do with the new format um a lot of it probably has to do with groupthink. um but yeah i to me it was like a little bit of like a disappointment for me and i, I know for a lot of other people it's like again second place third place at the end of the day who really cares like people care about the winner of the season but it was just like it felt like almost like not 
parallel to the story that we had been being, being told the entire time. And I think that, um, I think that, you know, a lot of it had to do with what happened at final tribal council. Like, I don't think that her game, like, I think people really liked Carolyn. I don't think her game was necessarily respected the way that we were respecting it on our podcast and the way that other people on other podcasts were respecting it as well, as well. Sorry about that. Um, so yeah, I was, I was shocked to say the least. I'm curious to know your thoughts on it. Yeah. I think all of us, myself included, were very shocked. Carolyn got no votes. I feel like I, I went into the finale. I was texting you. I was texting. Other, well, actually, I wasn't texting you because you weren't going to watch live. But I was texting other people. And my prediction for the whole finale and for the last couple of weeks was like, you know, I, I want Carolyn to win, but I think it's going to be Jam Jam. Um, and even as Jeff went to get the votes, I was like, I think Jam Jam has still got it. Yes, Heidi made a bit pretty ballsy move that we'll talk about, but Jam Jam I think has still got this. But I think you know Heidi might get Danny's vote. Maybe she'll scrape one more. I think Carolyn has Franny's vote. Maybe Matt will vote with with Franny for Carolyn. I was thinking maybe 6-1-1. I was thinking maybe a 5-2-1. Granted, I should have thought in the new era, 7-1-0 again. We can <laughs> go into a whole bit about the final tribal format and how things need to change and the whole thing that con- contributes to groupthink. But um, I just really felt like Carolyn deserved a vote. I really do. And I think the internet agrees. And I think that just goes back to the whole story of the season where she just was really underestimated and I don't think she got the respect from the other from the jurors. They just felt like she was a bit of a character out there. And yes, maybe she had an idol play, but she really wasn't someone that had a lot of agency in the game. And I think that's completely not true. I think Carolyn played a pretty creative game. Carolyn's someone who used emotions, but she said, I was able to be an emotional player while also being a strategic player. And, you know, I was doing a lot to make moves. And I was part of the Tika 3 that rode the middle and I had really good reads on the game. Like I always knew what was going on other than maybe the Franny votes. Um, and I, I, again, I don't want to, uh, you know, rank and compare things, but I really feel like with the edit that she got, cause this, I mean, Jam Jam and Carolyn were the stars of the season, but this almost felt like Carolyn's season. And if we ever do a, like a, a tier list or ranking of people to come back, she's easily at the top of the list. Um, I really feel like Carolyn, and you can tell me if this is hyperbole, Dylan, but is she one of the best zero vote finalists we've ever had. Now, obviously, I'm not saying someone like, you know, I mean, I don't know, like, like Gavin or like, or Parvati, no, no, someone who got second but got votes. I'm saying a zero vote finalist, she's got to be one of the best. And I'm not, I'm even going to put the edit aside and say she did play a pretty good game for a zero vote finalist. I feel like you can put Fish back up there. You can put Michelle and Winners at War up there. But how many other zero vote finalists like had the the agency that Carolyn had and also had good reads while also being a great emotional player as well. So that, that's an interesting point. I think I, I agree. I agree. For sh- I'm going to have to get, I'm going to have to get water. In a yeah. sec- you know, what, let me run to get water right now. Uh, yeah. I'll be back in like a second. If you want to just uh, hold that, hold down for a couple. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'll, I'll explain it a bit, a bit farther. So basically um, when you think about zero vote finalists, you think about people who just get raked over the coals by the jury. And, and I think even Carolyn, like, even though Danny was questioning her a little bit, I don't think she was ever raked over the coals. I feel like the jury um, was, they were mainly focusing on Carson. Sorry. They're mainly focusing on Heidi and jam jam. And maybe Danny was questioning her idol play and something like that. But I do feel like the jury, even Franny was giving Carolyn a lot of flowers for her emotional play. So I feel like compared to other zero vote finalists, you know, where the jury was dragging Sherry, they were like dragging Angelina. uh, They were dragging Troy Zan, like, 
she didn't get, or like Nora, like she didn't get the disrespect that the other Zero finalists got. People did respect her. I just think when you're sitting next to Jam Jam, or if she was sitting next to Carson, she would have lost too. I just feel like she just wasn't able to get the respect that she probably deserves. Like I think Jam Jam was the, was the deserving winner, but I feel like zero votes does not summarize how Carolyn's game was. Yeah. So ultimately, I I would agree with with what you're saying about maybe one of the best zero vote finalists ever. Um, and you bring up somebody like Michelle Winters at War. To me, it's like Carolyn was on the right side of the votes basically the entire game, whereas Michelle was like fighting for her life in that game, like not really in the know. So. Yeah. I would rank Carolyn's game in this season greater than Michelle's winner at war game, you know? So um, I agree with you. I think it's one of the best zero vote finalist um, games that we've ever seen. Um, I think that ultimately like they just, I think, you know, and she admitted this, she did not do what she needed to do at final tribal council to possibly yeah. sway some of the votes. Um, and again, we saw some, a little bit out of her. We saw that, you know, I thought some of her answers were good, but I don't think she was as aggressive as she needed to be. Um, if you remember last season, and this is kind of a weird comparison, but it's all all it's just like fresh in my mind. But if you remember last season, uh, Gabler comes into final tribal council and he was just he was like guns a blazing, like I was hiding in plain sight. This is what I was doing, this is what I was doing. You know, it's like she explained, you know, her game to them, but not in the as aggressive a way type of way that she should have in order to sway some of the votes. I think she needed to, you know, there was some stuff that I would have wanted to hear that she kind of just passed up on. Um, we didn't hear a lot. You know, we heard about her emotions and stuff. I would have liked for her to drill more about how intentional that was in, you know, advancing her past certain votes. And maybe she did talk about that a little bit and it got cut out. Um, but if you read the exit interviews, which I've had the chance to, you know, read through a bunch since, you know, since Wednesday, she basically said that she she's admitting that she she did a poor job at, at final tribal council. She said that it was very hard. She said, you know, she watched the back and she, you know, she wishes she could have done 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 better. Um, but she said that she was very intimidated by the jury um, and like didn't perform as 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 the way she wanted to. So I, I think that that definitely played a big role in her getting zero votes. Uh, and I think that if she does come back, which I, I would predict that she definitely does. Um, and, you know, she does get to that point again, let's say, then I think that it'll, it will be something that she's learned from um, the first time around. Um, but, yeah, I, I, you know, in terms of the zero vote finalist argument, I, I would say that she's for sure up there, uh, if not, you know, top two, top three zero vote finalist games. So, um, you know, obviously don't need to say even more how impressed we were with Carolyn this season because you said it a million times. Yeah, I and I feel like... Um... If she ever did come back, I feel like people might see her more as a threat, but at least she's cleared one hurdle. She no longer has to worry about people being like, I mean, Carolyn's not really a player. Because now everyone that has seen the show, whether she comes back on like a full returning season or a half returning season, people now know Carolyn's name. They know she's an emotional player, but she has really good reads. And they may want to work with her. And granted that she may get a bit more targeted in the early game and she has to kind of survive those votes, but... To your point, Dylan, if she gets to the end, let's just say she happens to get there again, um, she if she can do a better job at, at articulating her game, she no longer has to worry about people, you know, discounting her. She's going to have a leg up there. And yeah, I, and I think that that's why we always talk about um, final travel performance. We always talk about Todd's performance along with a few others. I think Jam Jam had a really good performance himself. Like, you have to own your game. 
you have to be upfront with what you did and you have to really answer the question that is being presented to you. And if you can do a great final travel performance, that can really win you the game. Um, and I feel like she would learn from that. But I think that just proves even more why Jam Jam had a great performance. It sounds like if Carson was there, he would have beat Jam Jam regardless either way. But Jam Jam, and I think we said this in our recap last week, that if Jam Jam got there with anyone but Carson, I think Jam Jam had it. He just did a really great job. I mean, you, Dylan, you saw how many times he made the jury laugh. Like, like at first I thought like, okay, maybe he's just being a little too goofy, but the way they, they just made him consistently laugh just shows you the power of his social game. And we saw his social game actually in a couple other instances, this finale as well. Yeah. I mean, look, his, his social game was elite. There's, there's no, there's no denying that. I mean, if you looked at what happened when, you know, it was time for Carson to make fire. I mean, that was, I think they showed that for a reason. It was on display um, right there. And I, you know, after that, something like that happens, it, it was tough for me to believe that Carson was going to vote for anybody else than Jam Jam. Yeah. Um, it just like, you know, it wouldn't have felt right almost if he, if he had voted for Carolyn, even though like him and Carolyn were very close. It was just like between him going up to Jam Jam last week and being like, you're my number, number one between that moment, you know, with the fire, it was like, you know, you kind of got the sense that it was coming that he's going to vote for Jam Jam. And then, you know, if Carson's voting for Jam Jam, it's like, well, the guy who was involved in all the decision making is going to vote for Jam Jam. Like, maybe I should be voting for Jam Jam as well. So, you know, groupthink plays a role there. But yeah, I mean, Jam Jam's social game was was absolutely unreal. <laughs> unreal. But let's get to, um, I, I want to, you know, rewind it and kind of, you know, take through some steps of the finale here. And let's rewind to final five, which, as I said to you, there was a chance here to get rid of Jam Jam, and he kind of escapes. Um, I'm curious. Here's what I've been kind of wondering the entire time. Based on what you saw the rest of the episode, if Carolyn flips and votes out Jam Jam at the final five, how do you think the season ends? I almost wonder if it if it doesn't matter because my, my I thought the same thing. I was thinking, like, why did the three girls – Three, the three women, Heidi, Lauren, and uh, Carolyn, why did they not vote out Jam Jam? Because Carson brings Jam Jam on the reward, and it really seems like they're really close, and Jam Jam's a big threat. But, I mean, Dylan, I mean, as we go through this first part of the episode, we're going to see that Lauren gets voted out by Heidi. And I almost wonder, like, the only way would that have worked is if the three women had got on the same page and said, we're going to vote Jam Jam, and we're going to kind of really um, make a stand here take out Jam Jam and hopefully get Carson out of fire, three women at the end, because we all have a good chance against each other. I mean, it, it wasn't like, I, I think I see your point, Dylan, if it was like 3-2. If it was 3-2 and Heidi and Lauren voted together against Jam Jam and the three T voted out Lauren, I would say to you, yes, I think Carolyn messed up. She should have flipped and taken out Jam Jam to give herself a better chance. But it, it, Dylan, it really seems like when we go back to this a few weeks ago, ever since Lauren and Jamie voted for Heidi at the Danny vote or whatever it was, they just have not been able to get on the same page. And I really feel like, yes, maybe Lauren and Heidi were testing the waters. They were seeing would Carolyn be open to voting out Jam Jam. But as we see her Heidi vote for Lauren here, I just really feel like th those two were not able to get back on the same page. And it maybe wouldn't have even mattered, honestly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're right about Heidi voting uh, voting for Lauren herself. You know what I, you know what I mean? If, if the women had yeah. got together and voted out... Uh, but, I, but, but I agree with you. If it was a 3-2 vote and we said, okay, 
should Carolyn have flipped on Tika and voted out Jam Jam? I think probably yes, because that maybe could have given her a better chance against Heidi and Lauren. Although I think Carolyn, unfortunately, still does not win against Heidi and Lauren. It seems like, it seems like honestly from the edit that Lauren probably had a decent chance to win if she had gotten there. Yeah, which is which is so weird because like, okay, you know what? I'm just gonna rant about this while we're while we're at the final five boot. First of all. I, I said I liked Lauren the entire season. Um, I'm disappointed that we didn't see more of her. <laughs> it was such a weird moment for... And not, and I don't mean a weird moment as in what she was saying. What she was saying was obviously amazing. But, like, it was a weird editing moment for them to give Lauren this, like, three-minute speech of a send-off. I was like, does this does this speech equal her, her, her confessional time <laughs> for the rest of the season in this final speech? I was like, come on. Like, like... You can't like I, I think a big a big issue with with the way that the the season's edited is like we all knew the Tika three was basically going all the way because it was just literally a season about the Tika three, but how could you like barely edit Lauren and then have her give this whole speech, uh, and have you know all of a sudden people start saying well she's a huge jury threat and like yeah we could tell that she's a big jury threat because all the Ratsus are on the jury but like. You know, it's like, it's very weird that she had that whole story about being a single mom and, you know, this great speech at the end. And I'm like, where, where was this the whole season? Like, how could you not show, how could you not show more of that? How could you not show more of her throughout the season? She got all the way here to final five. But that's a rant for another day. Um, I just thought that that was, that was just an interesting tidbit considering we were saying that she, that she was kind of under-edited the entire season. Um, But yeah, I think people in the comments are making a decent point. I think Lauren could have, potentially beat Carolyn at the end based on uh I guess based on the way that the outcome happens right she got zero votes Carolyn and then based on the way that Lauren was being talked up as oh if she gets to the end she'll you know Carson was pretty positive that she was gonna be a major threat at the end um and I think it's because you know she she played a solid game she was very likable um and all of her former ally members that she'd seemingly become very close with were sitting right there on the jury so um, I do think that Lauren maybe wins in that in that scenario if if Jam Jam is voted out there. Um, so it is interesting to think about. Yeah, I mean, like people, are, like you said, people are saying in the chat because she has friends on the jury with you know Lauren. I'm sorry, with Kane, Jamie, and Brandon. And actually, even though her and Danny didn't start out you know clicking, seems like they actually kind of got closer as Danny got voted out. So she had some votes there. She won two immunities and. Unfortunately, as we know, in, in the new era of Survivor, or just lately in Survivor in general, people respect challenge wins, you know. I mean, I, I guess I would say maybe in the early days they respect the challenges, but still, people do respect challenge wins more than they probably should. Um, and obviously, Lauren has a really great story. She also had a good social game. I mean, she got no votes up until her vote out, so that really speaks volumes, especially how she started the game. And yeah, Dylan, I really feel like this was... Um, I thought for a second we were we were going to get the Amanda Kimmel where we don't see her find the idol and then she whips it out of a tribal, um, because she like the whole time she seemed very confident. Like she like Carson said, she wasn't talking to them after the challenge. She wasn't making a plea, but she was clearly on the bottom, so she must have something up her sleeve there. And then even at tribal when it opened up, she was like smiling a lot, and I'm like, oh, she has it. She has the idol for sure, and Jam Jam's going to be gone or something's going to happen. Um, but then she gets into that three minute monologue and it's very emotional. I'm like, oh no, she's gone. Like she doesn't have it. Like I thought the whole time she had the idol. And then the minute she went into the whole segment and it was very like emotional, like, no, she's gone. Like there's no way she has it at this point. 
I, I know I wasn't the only one screaming look up when she when she walked under the tree with the idol. I, I can't I can't believe that that idol wasn't found. They tried so they tried so hard. <laughs> they tried so hard for the idol to be found uh, at final five, but it just, it just wasn't found. So I don't know. I, that, mean, that's interesting. I, I was wondering, like, if if it wasn't found, why was it even in the show in the first place? I guess it was there for dramatic effect. Like, oh, is she going to find it? Can Lauren save herself with a last ditch effort? But in the end, we didn't really even need to see it because it, it played no real role, honestly. Yeah, I, I think just like the whole storyline of the action of the fact that like an idol was out there and people were looking for it. I mean, I guess it is important, right? Because like if an idol were to be found, obviously it changes everything. And we've seen stuff hidden at the final five the last three seasons. So I, I think it made sense for it to be in, but it is funny that it wasn't found after all that. At survivor deep survivor fans are rejoicing that there was no idol found at final five oh but, yeah, yeah also deep survivor fans are rejoicing because we saw the three one one which brings us back to like uh triple h with Devin and uh ben because i love uh carson and jam and, and i don't know if jam jam did this himself or if carson and jam jam plotted to do it but i love seeing jam jam throw the hinky boat onto heidi in case lauren has the idol because that happened with ben and Devin and triple h where you know everyone votes for ben Devin's like, he's probably going to vote for me. Let me throw a vote into Dr. Mike and Dr. Mike goes home on the revote. So I love, again, I don't know whose move that was, but I love seeing a vote like that at final five. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was, well, it was, it was jam, jam, jam through the stray vote, right? On Heidi. Yeah. So jam, jam through the vote onto Heidi. And I wasn't sure if when Carson on the beach was like, if Lauren has the idol, should we oh, vote oh, for Heidi? I see, I see what you mean. I see what you yeah, mean. Yeah. Should we okay. vote for Heidi instead? But maybe they were like, instead of voting for Heidi, let's still vote out Lauren, but let's throw a stray vote onto Lauren just in case. Yeah. No, it was, yeah, that, that was the right move. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that would have been wild if she pulled out an idol out of nowhere, but I, I was hoping for, for it, but it uh, doesn't happen. So Lauren goes at final five, and then we have Samotion. So <laughs> quick, quick rant here. I love Samotion. I don't love Samotion every other season. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I feel like, you know, it, it's a it's a great cha- I believe we had it season 42, right? Yeah, so I, I I pulled up the stats because I was talking to my other my other friend about this and he also said the same thing as you Dylan. He was like, "I love Samotion. It's a classic challenge. It's fun at the end, but we've seen it now seven times in Survivor and we saw it in token chains. We didn't see it for a while and now I can tell you for a fact that we saw it as the final challenge in 44 42 40 and 37 so we've seen it like four times over the last seven seasons three times in the last five so i i love it i love some motion but you can't do it every other season like you, you gotta just change it up to make it like some other type of focus or endurance or dexterity challenge because like we've said a lot with the new era if you keep repeating the same thing it's gonna get a bit tiresome even though we love it yeah yeah it was like and it's it's funny because i was like i was like i wonder if uh if carson built the the motion machine <laughs> before <laughs> but anyway um yeah i you know i love motion. i don't love motion three times in five seasons or whatever three times in four seasons so three times no, three times in five seasons every uh, 40 42 and 40 as you said so um yeah you know uh as and it's funny as soon as i saw it i was like Heidi's I was like Heidi's winning Carolyn I said the same thing actually yeah Carolyn definitely not uh Jam Jam I was like I don't think that this is his type of challenge and then Carson I was like he probably can't build some motion so so uh even though I just did make that make that joke he probably can't build some motion so I was like 
you know, it, by process of elimination, I was like, Heidi, who seems like very athletic and like kind of hand-eye coordinated is like, not that the others aren't, but you like more so Heidi, even if she hadn't won an immunity challenge, it just seems like that was cut out for her. Um, but yeah, she wins it. And then she just makes the announcement. She was like, I may put myself into fire. <laughs> and then, you know, everyone's practicing fire. You know, we get the moment with Carson and Jam Jam. And this is where, you know, I was like, oh, wow. Like, this is actually going to happen with Carson actually going to lose it. He's actually going to lose it fire. Yeah. I cannot believe. And it was so funny because I was, I wanted to hear. I said on this podcast a few weeks ago, I was like, there is no way that this guy 3D printed every damn puzzle on the season, but is not going to be able to do fire at the end. I just did not believe it. And then, Ooh. and then we kind of, we kind of heard it. You know, I was so I was wondering how is this possible, right? And then he says he's like, every time I practice at home, it was easy and I got it. But out here, it's like you know, too much pressure. I don't have confidence in myself. I can't do it. I thought that was so interesting because I was just waiting to hear how is this guy not going to make fire after he three D printed everything, <laughs> everything on the season, right? Um, plus, and now we'll move on to what the actual fire making competition is. Heidi puts herself into fire. <laughs> she beats Gabler for the record uh, in a survivor season. So props to Heidi for that. Um, and, and and Carson ends up losing to somebody who breaks the record in survivor fire, um, which is interesting because it seems like his fire probably would have gone not, not, uh, you know, shortly after that. So Carson was having a very good fire making competition. He just happened to go against somebody who literally broke the record in fire. Um, and I give props to Heidi for that move because it got her the one vote for sure. <laughs> so even though there was basically no chance she was going to win, um, that did give her the best chance to win. Um, so I, I do, res I do respect that move. Um, I, I just, you know, I don't want in the future, uh, like I don't want that to be a swaying narrative for somebody winning the game. Um, but you know, given the, given what the game, it, given what the game is these days, um, it was the right move for her to do it because it was the only way she was going to get any votes. Yeah, no, I, I agree with, with most of what you said. I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, and I mean, from the jump, when Heidi says like at the challenge and even Jeff says it at tribal, like, oh, I'm considering giving up my necklace and making fire. I feel like she's putting herself behind the eight ball. Like you, once you say that you can't not do it because then it, it just looks like you walked it back and, it, and you don't have the the chops to back it up. So I give Heidi full props and having the guts to do that. Cause I would never have the guts to do that. I know Dama Bate was like, if I did that, my, my wife would kill me. Um, I could never do it. So I give her props for doing it and not, and not only doing it. She, she wrote a check that her mouth cash. She made the fastest fire ever. So I give her a lot of credits. Like you said though, I hate, I still hate fire for fire making. I still don't like it as a twist and I'm actually, I don't want to sound mean. I'm actually kind of happy that it didn't work out for her in terms of like she didn't win fire and make the game because I agree with you completely. If Heidi made fire and won the game and we had two seasons in a row of the fire maker winning the game and the jury respecting it, I got very scared, Dylan, that we could be heading to a survivor future where it is expected that you make fire whether you win or right. lose and – and, and I almost have like a nightmare about this, but like it could get to the point where, where Jeff says at final four immunity challenge, the winner of this challenge earns the right 
to win immunity and the right to put themselves into fire. To, like that would be the darkest timeline for Survivor that you are expected to make the fire because it's seen as a great move. It's not a great move. Um, Heidi did what she had to do. It just was unfortunately a little bit too late against Jam Jam. But yeah, I really feel like I, I have to give Heidi props here. And unfortunately, Dylan, it seems like it, it didn't matter either way. I will say the one quick parallel that I want to make is that it's pretty – and granted, I'm not comparing Rick Devins to Carson, but it's like they both were players that the jury felt like they were going to win if they got there. Chris Underwood had a, obviously a very different situation. He had to do everything he could in those final five days to win the game, but he takes out that final boss and he wins. Heidi takes out the quote-unquote final boss in Carson and she doesn't win. I know there are two different situations with EOE and whatnot. Chris had time to make friends on the jury – but I find that a bit interesting that, you know, Gabler makes fire, takes out Jesse, he wins. Chris does it with um, Chris does it with Devins, he wins. Heidi doesn't. Again, they're all different situations, but I thought that was a bit interesting. And unfortunately for her, it just it didn't matter matter for her either way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm happy that it didn't uh didn't have that major an effect other than her getting one vote. Um but yeah, yeah. Uh I think let, let's move on to talk about like the details of the final tribal council. Um, and then we'll, we'll touch on the after show briefly. Like there wasn't much to talk about there. Um, and then we'll, we'll hit, we'll hit kind of questions and then like the future of, I guess the show to end it. Um, but final tribal council, I saw a lot of people saying that this was maybe one of the worst final tribal councils that we it's ever so, had. It's so boring. It, it's so yeah. boring now. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree with that. Um, it, it's not like uh, I remember, you know, watching older seasons and used to be so excited for a certain person to come up and, you know, come up and ask a question. Um, and, you know, <laughs> it's not like that anymore because now it's just a round table. You get the same two, you get, you get the same two or three people asking all the questions. Um, at least it's edited that way. Um, you don't get opening statements anymore from the players you don't get closing statements anymore um from the players and i think a lot of this roundtable talk uh and a lot of this jury format is leading to all the seven one votes um which is a problem go back look we, we're already seeing and we'll, we'll get to it we're already seeing possibly a small step to going back to you know the way we're used to things with maybe the auction returning next season don't give me hope don't let's, give me let's bring back a lot of other changes also <laughs> but yeah we'll, we'll get into that in a few minutes but um yeah i i thought that jam jam and carolyn both did uh, like i think i think jam jam was great with some of his answers the thing that he was talking about with the eye twitch um or the eye twinkle i think emotions, it, yeah yeah that was great right um that was the type of thing i wish i heard him talk about uh in confessionals uh, and not just the final tribal council, but him talking about how he knew people was lying. Uh, if your eye twinkled when you talked about, you know, your people back home and then didn't do it the same way, uh, you know, then I knew you were lying or whatever. The, the way he said it was just, it was so, it was such a good answer. And once he had that answer, I was like 0% chance he loses the game. 0% chance. It was, it was such a good answer. Um, I thought that um, it was a little bit odd the way that Heidi attacked the final tribal council. Um, and it, this is why I, it, it kind of sucks that she got, honestly, I don't think she deserved to get a vote, but <laughs> like, I, I just like, she seemed so unaware at final tribal council. It was like, well, I thought, you know, 
the way I saw it, Carson was the major. He kept, she kept saying Carson was like the huge brains behind the operation. And I was like, even if like the rest of the jury saw it, that, you know, he played a major role, which he did. It was just like a kind of distasteful way to go about the final trial of counsel. That being said, <laughs> there's also part of me that's like, I like that she was doing that because this final trial of counsel was just so nice. Everyone was being so nice. I was like, we needed some kind of conflict going on at tribal council. So I thought that it was incredibly like not self-aware of her to say that, but also like, you know, it was the conflict that, that this, this final tribal didn't have. So I think that, you know, one of the things, you know, th there's a whole huge conversation to be had about this. Is it the people that are getting casted that are too nice? Is it uh, the way that the jury is being formatted? Uh, that that leads to this type of nice tribal council um, is it the fact that you know everybody's basically hitting hitting off each other and you know asking groupthink questions rather than just each individual question. Yeah, there's a ton of things that are playing into this. Ultimately, I just thought it was uh, not the most uh, predict you know not the most uh, exciting tribal council. I would say, um, and it's funny because I literally texted my brother as I was watching the the finale. I said wow, I'm really, really excited for Jam Jam and Carolyn to argue against each other at this final tribal council. Like theoretically, after watching that entire season, you would think that that is, that is exactly what we wanted. Like, wow, this is the final showdown between Jam Jam and Carolyn. Two players that nonstop talk are going to get to argue against each other to see who wins the game. And it was just like, it fell short. We did not get a lot from like, I, I don't want to say we didn't get a lot, but it just seemed like, Something was something was missing. Something was not there. UNC Andre, uh, UNC Andre in the comments here says, the finalists all had decent performances. It's that the juries are less interesting, less fiery, and less swayable. I think that's that's a perfect one liner to basically sum up my thoughts. Yeah, I, like you said, I think it's a combination of many things. I think it's a combination of the cast itself, and granted, I think the cast. I mean, we, we can get into this when we re recap the uh, the season, but. Um, yeah, it, it, it could be on the cast. It could be on the final tribal formats, the questions. I really feel like they have to go back to the old formats. I know Jeff on his podcast has talked about the, the format and why he likes it for certain reasons. But again, we have to really see, okay, we need more moments, more memorable moments. The finales are just getting a bit samey, honestly. I mean, even and, and I feel bad because even Heidi giving up her necklace, I, yeah, I, it got, I got me excited for like two seconds and I'm like, whatever it didn't land the same as the other decision and there just was not a lot of shocking things left um so i really feel like that did play a factor in why this tribal council felt a little you know stale in terms of the, the finale um but yeah no, i mean back to what you're saying about heidi i i feel like she did everything she could i think she realized that carolyn was probably not going to get votes so she did everything she could to take credit away from jam jam so they would give credit to her and say well look guys don't give jam jam credit because it was all carson and unfortunately right, right, right. for her, Carson is kind of backing his former Tikas and saying, no, you have to give Jam Jam credits. Um, everybody at Ponderosa was like, we're going to vote for Carson. And we like we want to give credit to Tikas for kind of running the merge. They went into the merge down three, four, five or whatever it was. And they made it to the final four together. So you have to give them a lot of credit for playing the middle and playing the middle well. And yeah, I mean – you brought up a good point where Jam Jam talks about, you know, the emotional aspect and using those to see people's body language and learn their tells. He did a great job there. And then even his first answer when he's saying how, like, you know, I was perceived as cheerful and goofy, but I was making a lot of moves with 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 Carson and we were running the game. And Heidi's like, well, don't you think that Soka kind of helped you out? He's like, no, it's the opposite way around. Like, we 
helped you take out Ratu. We were in the middle. We were never loyal to you. We went back and forth, and you actually kind of need, needed us. And I think he did a great job at defending his game there and really kind of owning it early on. Uh, I think you're muted, Dylan. It's my bad. I I, I, I muted when I was coughing or something. But I was going to say, I think, yeah, I think Jam Jam did do a really good job. It was just like the, the, the fiery aspect of Tribal Council, Final Tribal Council was missing in this. So, yeah, it's not to take away from Jam Jam's tri uh, Final Tribal Council performance because I do think he had a lot of really good answers. Like when you said, when he addressed the whole Soka thing, that, that was great. It was just, you know. You know, I'll bring back the old format. That's that's all I'll say to end to end this. I think. Yeah, and, and I'll just say back to Carolyn. Like I, again, I I agree with you. Just viewing their performances again, I I do feel like Carolyn could have done more to explain her game beyond the emotions. Like for example, when she was explaining how the one, the, I think the thing that she did really well, and it's funny because Carson was kind of being like a like a like a mom in the audience, like kind of trying trying to coach her. <laughs> it was kind of funny, you know. Carolyn says. She saw Carson as her son out there, but in that final tribal, Carson was kind of being like a mom to Carolyn, trying to like coach her on like what to say in the background. But um, I, d I will say I liked how she tried to say to Danny or to Carson or whatever, like, well, I didn't, I used my idol on Carson, even though it wasn't needed because I could trust Carson, but I couldn't trust that Lauren and Jamie were voting with us. So I think she did a, a good job there, but I really wanted to hear her explain more about her reads, like. I played the Alan Carson because I knew something wasn't right or whatever or whatever. So yeah, I think she could have done more there to explain her game. But again, I think just Jam Jam's performance was really good and Heidi tried her best. It just, it just wasn't enough. Yeah. That, that answer was very good. Uh, <laughs> because I, Jam Jam tried to take credit away from her. Like, Oh, you didn't need to play the idol. And she was like, well, I did because I didn't trust, uh, you know, Jamie and, and Lauren. So I thought that was a good answer, but uh, yeah. Um, Maybe. Oh, and then we have the after show to touch on real quick. Okay. Oh. <laughs> the, okay, okay, okay. Now, now I'm going to speaking, speaking of things, we got to go back to the old of, uh, get, bring back, bring back the live reunion. Uh, but you know, to touch on a few things that happened in the after show, you had the whole fake idol reveal, which I thought that was, that was funny, but, uh, and then like the Franny Matt showman segment, but I'm like seeing it. It's, what is this? Like, it's literally like five days after, after Franny got voted out. Like, wouldn't you like to see that? Like, basically a year after it happens um yeah i will say i will say but before we get to the preview for 45 and then we get into everything else that we're going to discuss with questions and looking ahead um i agree i my quick rant is that this after show format is is terrible um i do have i do have confidence though dylan that it will change for two reasons one is because jeff said on his podcast because he was asked or maybe it was in, in just like a regular like mike bloom interview but he was asked about now that COVID is over um can we go back to the live show formats and jeff said like long story short he goes well i like the after show because i get the raw emotions in them right after the game but i will say having the audience is a lot of fun getting to check in with the whole cast so maybe he said and, and i quote he said maybe in the future we'll have a mix of the two or maybe we'll see it he didn't say like we'll go back to the old format but he said maybe we'll see a mix of the two so maybe by 47 or whatever jeff will be like okay, I, I want to do like a quick 30 minute after show at the finale, but then kind of like some of these like reality shows do on like Netflix or whatever, maybe like a few days later or, or next week, we'll have like a live reunion for you to watch. Like maybe they'll do both, which is fine. But the other reason Dylan, why I feel like they might change is because a lot of players are now speaking out against the after show. Like Carolyn said it, 
Cassidy said it. I think Deshaun or Xander, people, everyone that got second or third has been like, it's so emotionally hard for me to find out that I just lost the game and I'm just so exhausted and drained. And now I'm getting like asked about, you know, you didn't win. Why do you think that was like, they would rather have a day or two to just breathe and relax and then have this after show. So I think whether we see a mix of the two going forward or whether the after show comes like two days later in the game, I feel like we're going to see a shift at some point because both the audience and the players are now kind of speaking out against it. Yeah, I think that it, I think it changes. Unfortunately, they already filmed 45. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that 45 has the same thing. Um, but hopefully by, you know, it, it's always, it's funny because the, the way the filming schedule is, it's like players will speak out and people will, you know, fans will speak out. And then it, like, it takes like four seasons for everything to come into effect because, or, or to, like, for example, like a lot of the changes that we want to see that we're speaking right now probably will not be into effect if it gets put into effect until like season 47 mm-hmm. or 48 because that that films next year, whereas 46, 46 is filming right now probably and 45 yeah. already filmed. They, so I, think, like, I, think, I, think, I think they, they just flew out for, for 46 like this week. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it, it takes a while for this to all get put into effect and then we'll complain about the same thing the next <laughs> season. And then we'll be like, Oh, it will finally change. It's like, it's like after, you know, during COVID people were saying, bring back the auction and then 45, it gets possibly put into, put into Ooh. place. And and we could talk about the preview of 45. Uh, after we just spoke about this whole, uh, after we spoke about this whole, uh, what's it called? <laughs> this whole like nice season or nice tribal council. and We need more villains and like everything we were saying like that. I believe there was, uh, I don't know the person's name. I believe there was somebody in the 45 preview that said something along the lines of like, I forget what the exact quote was, but it was something like, I enjoy being a, like, I don't necessarily enjoy being a villain, but like, I like to uh, like take advantage of other people or something, something like that. And I was like, okay, maybe, maybe we'll have a villain next season. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I mean, look, what I'll say about the 45 cast, and by the way, if you saw it, Bruce is back. So very happy for Bruce. He deserves his second chance, considering he didn't even make it like 12 hours into the game. Um, so I really am happy to see him back. Hopefully he does well. Um, and, and like you said, Dylan, the auction was teased for like half a second at the end of the preview. So if Jeff brings back the auction, I will take back half of the things I've said, because the auction coming back after 14 seasons would be incredible. Um, but yeah, no, the only thing that I will say about the 45 cast, even though if you look on inside survivor, you can see them and we saw them in the preview. I'm a little worried only because it looks like another group of super fans. And I really want to see more characters like jam, Jim and Carolyn kind of carried the season. So I really want to see more characters and they look very young. Like, I think if you look at the ages, it might be, don't quote me. If you look, if you, if you do the average age out of 44 seasons, this might be top top or bottom, however you phrase it, top five youngest cast. So it's very young, minus Bruce. Um, so I hope that doesn't mean that it's going to be very game body, but I guess we'll see. But obviously 90-minute episodes means that we have potential for things to come back, things to change. So I guess we'll see. So, yeah, I just found the quote. So Davey was tweeting about how he thought that everything was too nice. Davey from season 37. Yeah. Um. He says, uh, he tweeted, quote, the guy said something like, 
quote, big fan of villains, not a bully, but an opportunist. He put, and then Davey says he put it into words the way I could, and I'm a fan. So yeah, hopefully uh, we get we get some uh, some villains next season, maybe because um, I don't really think this season had a villain at all. Uh, but yeah, I maybe before we hit questions here, we could kind of just bring everything together sure, sure. and say, what do we what do we want to change? Yeah, yeah, it was the guy with the with the afro, I believe, uh, as Jay says in the comments. But if uh, if we want to tie everything together here, um, and just say what do we think needs to change in Survivor going forward uh, from what season forty four, forty three, forty two, and forty one had? So we'll start with you, Ryan. I mean, look, I could say what I want to change, but based on what I know about 45, I know what's not going to change yet. So it's almost me saying, what do I hope changes for 46? But the main thing for me, and we can get into a whole vets versus newbies thing, which I think we'll see vets at some point, is just very simply, whoever you have on the cast, the format has to change. Most importantly, I cannot see five seasons in a row of 18 people, three tribes, no swaps. And this whole thing that happened earlier in the season with Carson, Jamie, and Josh, that doesn't count. The one person swap each, that doesn't really count. Um, You've got to either do one of these things or a combination of these things. Two tribes, 16, 18, 20, however many you want to have. Two tribes, you want to have three, fine. You got to have at least one swap, maybe two swaps. Um, you got to do a combination of those or one of them because the format itself has to be different. I would say you also could change the casting a little bit to cast more villains or more characters. Doesn't seem like they're going that route, but maybe at some point we'll find a great, we'll find, maybe we'll find another great couple of stars and characters for the season. Those would be my two biggest things, Dylan. And then obviously the third thing I would say is bring back more classic things, change it. The puzzles have to change. So bring different puzzles, different challenges, bring back the auction, all that stuff. Yeah, so um he spe- he so if you look at uh, I think a lot first of all I think a lot of your points are are valid for sure. Uh, I agree with a ton of your points. Um if you look um Tommy Smokes from Barstool wrote an article like what needs to change about Survivor going forward and he basically had a ton of your points in his article. So it's if anyone wants to read that, I think it's a good read and I think it echoes um a lot of a lot of what uh, we've been talking about on this podcast yeah. and what you just spoke about. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think in terms of casting, uh, a lot of people in our in the comments here um, saying that you know they're they're casting too many like game bots or like super fans. I think you know you need to have your occasional person or or, or two or three who haven't hasn't seen the show or uh, is, is out there because you know they want to win win challenges or out there because they want an adventure. It's like you can't just have a bunch of people who are so strategically inclined if that makes sense um because otherwise it leads to a little bit of like game bodiness and, and less like characters uh and stuff like that um i think that also you know ideally 39 days should come back but i don't know if that's ever gonna happen um i'm not, I'm not gonna completely rule it out but you know you know I'm, I'm gonna say it's probably unlikely but it's just so crazy how, how fast-paced the 26 day game is and i think that you know a lot of people are saying that the reason why I believe is a former player who tweeted this and I don't know who it is. Somebody will probably call it out in the comments. Um, I read something that said that the, that the 26 day season is also a reason why the seasons have not been as fiery because they have less time to like build relationships and get so invested in even more invested into the game than they already are. 
Uh, and like even deep in their relationships to the point where like there's more conflict and stuff like that. So I thought that was like kind of an interesting take that like, you know, maybe, you know, it's not only the fast paced game, but there's a social aspect of having 39 days as well. Uh, that completely changes when you have 26 days. Um, yeah. And I, you know, whereas I believe like the Libby in, in ghost Island got voted out on like day 26 or something or day 25. Uh, and she finished like 12th place. <laughs> So I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, that's, that's a whole 39, that's a whole 39 day argument. Um, but not only 39 days, please change some of the challenges so that players cannot 3d print. No, no disrespect to Carson at all. Like he, no, Carson had said, I think it's the puzzles. Yeah. You got, yeah. Like you can't, you can't, if you're going to cast somebody who people who are that smart, you can't be repeating puzzles like that. Uh, because again, at the end of the day, it's hacked. And it re- every time there was a puzzle and a challenge, like the final five challenge, everybody who was watching this, <laughs> the, everybody who watched the challenge that even pays slight attention to the show, knew Carson was winning the final five challenge because of the puzzle. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think they have to change that. Uh, good that they're bringing the auction back. At least it seems maybe good that maybe. they're doing good that they're doing 90 day seasons. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to hit on. Oh, and I don't know. I don't know if we spoke about this, but uh, maybe maybe we touched on it last podcast. I don't exactly remember, but it's confirmed that 46 is not returnees. It's all newbies, which <laughs> blows my mind, honestly, because we got so many players that are waiting to come back, dating back to the late 30s. Uh, but, you know, I, I really think that, Look, when Jeff said that it was a new era, I guess he wasn't kidding. He wanted six full seasons of at least six full seasons of of, of new players or maybe even more before he had back returnees. If you remember going all the way back to the beginning of Survivor, there was seven newbie seven yep. newbie seasons before All-Stars. Uh, maybe he wants to do it the same way again. Um maybe he wants to keep the format the same for seven seasons and then and then slightly and then, then it'll evolve further from there. I don't really know. I don't really know what the deal is, what the plan is, but I'm hoping that we get returnees for 47 or 48. And that's, it'll, that's ha- it'll happen at some point. I, I, I agree with your point. I think that it, it almost like this new era that the it's a brand new book or a brand new uh, chapter in a way where, yeah, I think Jeff wanted to build up a pool of newbies before we, they do a returning season. Now, whether that's like a second chance for the new era or whether it's old school versus new school, whatever it is, if you do the math, if Jeff gives us six seasons of 18 people which and i have to actually I, I actually kind of agree now if we did a returning season for 45 dylan that only would have been basically 18 people times you know four season that, that's really only a pool of like 70 people and most of them would have played together so i feel like that's kind of tricky if you do 40 up to 46 of all newbies it's like 106 um new players to pick from so i feel like that gives you a, a better pool of like not a lot of pre-existing relationships so as I've thought about it more, I understand why they're waiting this long, but I agree with you. Once we get to the next like cycle, because we just got through 43, 44, we're now at 45, 46, all newbies. I got to think it's going to happen the next cycle of 47, 48, but I guess we will see. Um, I wanted to ask you one quick question before we get to the to the comments. I'm sure we have a couple. Uh, now that we finished 44, and I'm sure we'll keep changing our thoughts as, as the summer goes on, where do you, you know, where, where, I mean, not of the whole show, I think it's too hard now, but like, of the new era, where do you rank the season out of the four? Because I feel like for me personally, um, 
I still think, honestly, between cast, winner, gameplay, moves, shock value, everything, I still think 42 is my favorite of the new era. I would say 42, I would say 44 comes in second. And then uh, I maybe would put 43 next and then 41. I really feel like 42 and 44 stand out before those other ones. But I would say 42, 44, 43, 41. But you could convince me that 41 goes above 43 based on how it ended. Yeah. Okay. So I'm in disagreement. So I'm happy that we we have conflicting opinions on this. I think I would rank it. 43 is my favorite one. Whoa! Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. 40, 43 is, is my favorite new era season. I'll, I'll explain why real quick while, while we're at it. 43 is the best new era season, in my opinion, because I think it had the best overall cast and best boot order up until the, the very end, I guess. But um, if, I, if I think back to, and again, I, I don't want to like uh, disrespect uh, other players when i when i say this um but i think i was like thinking back to the final eight of 43 compared to the final eight of 44 and i think that overall like the 43 the 43 cast was stronger in my opinion um the issue with and i, I it look people have different ways that they rank the seasons right i think a lot of people are sitting there saying well Jam Jam wins 44, Gabler wins 43. Uh, you know, that that changes that changes a lot of people's opinions, right? It's like, well, Gabler winning was not really a satisfying ending for a lot of people, whereas 44, I think it was an extremely satisfying ending for uh for Jam Jam to win. And we we've discussed earlier in the podcast, like Jam Jam is a he's a good winner. Um, whereas Gabler, I think most people would would put in probably in in very bottom tier. Um so, but I think overall, I, and, and I think that, you know, I, I can I like personally was more into 43 than I was 44. Uh, I, again, I just think it had a stronger final, like eight ish to the point where the end game was, was very, very exciting. Uh, basically. And, you know, I was, I was crushed when, when Jesse got, when Jesse lost fire, that, that was crushing to me. So like, even though even though Jesse didn't win the season um, for me, it's like, well, we had a player like Jesse go all the way to the final four who I consider to be the best player of the new era. Um, fairly, fairly, or, or at least, at least top three without a doubt. Um, but yeah, I consider Jesse to be the best player of the new era so far. Um, so for him to have that, plus you had your Cody's who I think, you know, um, was another great character. Uh, I, I liked Cassidy. I liked Owen. Um, Noel, I thought was a great story. Um, so overall, 43, 43 was my favorite new era season. Then I'd probably go 42, 44, 41. I think that would be my order. Um, so again, not, not the popular opinion there, but I'm going to, I'm going to stick to it. I think in terms of the cast, in terms of the moves, I think 43 has, is the best season with 42 right behind and then 44, 41. Yeah. I think from what I'm hearing from you, from myself, from the chat and then from people on Twitter, most people out of the four have 42 as one or two. Just said, I think 42 had the best all around cast overall. I think, I think it had the most shock value in terms of some of its votes, especially yeah. literally yeah, I- eight, seven, six, five were huge boots back to back to back to back. They were all great. Um, 
And I think that just overall, it, as a, I mean, granted, hourglass aside, I think that season had a lot of great things to it. And then I think people put 41 at the bottom. And then obviously people debate whether 44 goes there, 43 goes. Like, uh, but I think with 44, just before we get to the questions, just kind of, to kind of wrap up this current season, I think my thing is like Carolyn and Jam Jam are probably the best characters in the new era. They, I think, along with Carson, I think them two specifically, they carried the season entertainment-wise. Um, and I will say, you know, you have other great people like Danny and, and 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 Lauren, I think, was a bit underrated. And you have Franny, of course. Um, I will say some of the other parts of the cast were kind of sleepers. I really feel like – I don't want to say this cast was top-heavy, but I feel like you had your stars, and then I think they had to carry the rest of the cast in 44 – and I think some people really feel like, even though Jeff was like, this season's amazing, 43 sucked, I love 44. Jeff was like hyping the season up. I don't think it got to the highs that we expected it to get to. But if he was talking about your Carolins and Jam Jams, I could see where he was coming from there. But Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking back right now at the boot order of 42. Very, very good cast, very good season as well. Like, even my... the pre-mergers, like you had like you had, you had like Daniel yeah. being like a mess. You had Jenny who was kind of robbed there. Um um, I mean, I mean, Zach, you had like some yeah. like 44 all 40, around. 42, really 42 was a good pre-merge. That was a good pre-merge, right? Yeah, I'm just, I'm still gonna stick to my, to my order, but 42 is for sure, uh, for sure was a good season, like without a doubt. Um, all right, now, okay, now I'll pose you this question before sure, we sure. get to the, get to questions. Um, and I think this will probably uh spur some questions as well. Okay. In, in the chat and some comments in the chat sure. so comment comment in the chat if you if you want to answer this question that i'm going to ask everybody which is i let's see who who do you think um which players of the new era so 41 through 44 if we had to let's say name like 10-ish players and we could we could really get we could do a whole video on this in the yeah, off season sure. but if we had to name like 10-ish players uh who have the best chance to return wow. from 41 to 44 who who you got? I already started ma- making a list actually, and and I figure in the off season we'll actually maybe do a podcast on this. Maybe we can go to like tier list maker and we can actually like map it out with the pictures right. to make it easier. Um, but I actually did do this. Um, oh, give me just two seconds. I know I have it here somewhere. I literally just did it like a week ago in preparation for this question. Um, but okay, just so then just to get started, I would say. In some particular order, people that will get asked back are okay. And, and I'm gonna put Bruce aside because Bruce is obviously guaranteed. So don't don't count Bruce. Um Carolyn, I think if I you, you said 10, like eight to ten people. Go go with like go with like go do like five to seven. Okay. Like, I would say three. Carolyn and Jam Jam from the season, even though Jam Jam's a winner, people ask him in, in the post-game press, would you come back? He's like, of course I would come back. So I would say Carolyn and Jam Jam, I would say we'll come back. Carson, I'll, I'll say I'll say the Tika three are pretty strong locks to come back at some point. Agreed. Carolyn, Carson, Jam Jam. Agreed. 43, Jesse for sure. I would say either Carla or Cody. I don't know if you get both of them, but I would say Tika three, Jesse... I'll say Carla. I definitely think Hi and Omer for sure. Maybe Drea, but there was a whole thing that happened at Ponderosa. So I'll say Hi and Omer. So that's seven. And then 41, Ricard and Chan. So that's nine. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty much on the same page with you for 
for pretty much everybody. Uh, I think the Tiga three are full on lock, full on locks to return. Um, Jesse Locke to return. So those those four are my top four probably. No, mm-hmm. uh, no, I don't know top four because I think Omer is also a lock. So those those I'll consider top five. And then who else do we got? Yeah, I I think High has a chance. Uh, I I would have said Drea. I still feel like Drea could come back. I, I still feel like she could come back. If I know it wasn't was- for the whole Ponderosa incident, I would say she's a great chance to come back. But I just don't know if they're going to take that into account. Right. Right. Um, 41 Ricard comes back. Shan. I know there've been, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I would say possibly Shan as well, but I know that there've been some issues with like, I don't know. People, people are saying that there was like issues with Twitter. I don't know. Whatever. whatever. I, 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 she may, she come back based on what we saw in the season. Um, maybe Xander. I, so when I first watched 41, I was like, I think Xander, like, could be like they edited him so heavily so i was like they, they really do like him so i could see him coming back i also think that carson being carson uh may have taken away xander's potential spotlight in terms of being the young mm-hmm. the young player comes back a lot um carla i think will come back i would like to see cody back i don't know if it happens i also think and, and this is uh, UNC Andre right here writes Ricard, Shan, Deshaun, Omer, Lindsay, Jesse, Carla, Owen, Carolyn, Carson. I think Owen is a slept on potential returnee. I agree. Because I think he had so much potential and just was just ended up being Charlie Brown. <laughs> and like, honestly, if he, if he comes back, he's almost in that like perfect situation where like, I don't necessarily think he's going to oh. be seen. I, I don't necessarily think o- Owen would be seen as a threat because of how mm-hmm. his first game went. But yeah. If I were out there, I would see him as threatening because I think he has a lot of potential. So it is. I just thought of another person from 44 who I completely forgot about that I think actually would not only deserve a second chance, but I think actually could be pretty good. I, I completely forgot about Matthew. Uh, like for some reason, my, my medevac mind went to Bruce and I just completely forgot Matthew's whole shoulder thing. But I feel like, I mean, the, the, did you see the looks in their faces when Jeff told them about the fake idol and they were like, Matthew did that? They were floored. So. Yeah. I feel like Matthew could be a fun because I, I I even think back to like the first tribal council where he didn't use he used the shot in the dark and we're like why would he just waste that it's like no he deliberately did that so he didn't have to vote in the first tribal council and he could kind of still play the middle I feel like Matthew I mean granted compared to all those characters that you just listed out Dylan I agree with you I think those are like the top blocks to come back but like in the next tier below of like a second chance type of thing I think Matthew could be a good good shout. I'll give you two sleepers. Okay. Okay. I think Heather? I think Jonathan has a chance to come back. Oh, Jeff, you know Jeff loves Jonathan. Yeah, right, right. I'm just if you think about the history, if you think about the history of Survivor and like I mean Joe was brought back. I mean, Joe was better than Jonathan, but Joe was brought back what, three times. Uh John Jonathan, I think will be back. <laughs> I I want to say he's gonna be back because you know Jeff absolutely will will love that. Uh plus like Look, every every season needs its challenge tank, so I, I think you know he's a he's a candidate to come back. And then my big sleeper is Tori. So I know I, I know I had, I had Tori. I, I, I was always a huge fan of Tori <laughs> dating back to pregame press, where I was very impressed with like her answers. But also, she got a pretty heavy edit for somebody that went out in pretty early. So I would say sleeper. 
sleeper. Do chat you think? I, I I think Mike. I, I love Mike from Forty Two a lot. I mean, I don't know if Mike would want to come back, but I think I feel like if he does want to come back, I feel like Mike Mike would be great to see again. Um, yeah, yeah. I I just the only reason I didn't put him on the list is because he was fifty eight at the time of the season. So if you were to come back, it would be like he'd be in his sixties, which some people could do it. We've seen players in their sixties play, but it's also like a much bigger uh, ask. <laughs> I guess at that point. Yeah. If we do this exercise, if we do like the full exercise in the off season, um, I put it into four tiers. I, I was like, they have like a great chance. They have like a decent, I, I basically said like, you know, second chance is like guaranteed second chance. I said, great chance, decent chance. And then I have like a list of people that I've, I'm like very little, very little chance. Right. Right. Yeah. We could, we could do it for like literally every play. Well, that, that'll be a good video. We'll do a tier maker for every single player, the new era. <laughs> No, no chance. Uh, whatever. Great chance. Decent chance. That's a good video. But, uh, and, and I think that's why people and my friend said this too. Like, that's why people love second chance. Not only because we get to vote on it, but because you get people like your Kelly Wentworths, your Kimmy Kappenbergs, you get people who like, you would never think in a million years they would come back. And I see people in the chat saying all these, all these pre-merge, there's pre-merge people where it's like, oh, they could be a great, like second chance type of story. So <laughs> Boston Rob will be back. <laughs> uh, okay. If I had to bet money on something that I know for a fact will happen, like, like oh, like, will Carolyn come back? There's a great chance, but it's not guaranteed. I will bet money that Boston Rob – Boston Rob is done. Boston Rob, Amber, like, they are retired. They are never coming back. I, I, don't, I don't know if I could completely rule, out, rule it out completely, but I would say heavy, heavily unlikely. I wonder, like, how about this? How about this? Who is the most? I don't want to get too much into off-season content, but who is the most likely? Who's the most likely pre forty player to come back? Any, it could be anybody. Who's the guaranteed will be back out of every single player to ever play? If they, if they, if they 40, do like before, if they do like old, yeah, no, no. So you're saying like if they do like an old school new school, if they do just do like a second chance to any any format. Any player who's the more most likely to come back, excluding the new era, excluding the new yeah. era. I, I really, I really feel like it's still got to be Christian. I mean, I mean, maybe you could say Damabate, but I feel like Christian not only played a great game, but he, he like he, just kind of like with Carolyn Jam Jam, Christian jumped off your TV screen. Like, like he basically like kind of like Carolyn. Christian has everything you want, honestly. Great TV, great gameplay. Um, I mean, obviously, I would I would say Sari, but I know Sari's had four chances already. So if we're just talking like someone who can come back for another chance in the in the first forty seasons, I would say Christian, maybe Dom. I mean, I mean, would you say the same thing? Yeah, I, I think those are my top two. Um, yeah, those are my top two. I I I who knows what formats we're gonna get, but I I would say that you know those players still have not even got their second chance yet. So I would say those are my top two. Yeah, I mean, because you, I mean, because you could argue like people that played in like 36, 37, maybe 39, whatever, but like the people that played in the late 30s, they actually never even had really a chance to come back at all. So I think Angelina has a pretty strong chance as well. I, Angelina, I, I, Angelina, I will still say, even to this day, is still one of the, I granted, she and you can't even put her and Carolyn on the same level because Carolyn, I think, played a, like a, a way better game, but like, Angelina, just from a TV perspective, has to come back. I love Angelina so much. Devin, Devin's is a good answer. Devin, I think. De- Devin's look, is, look, is a good answer. The fact, the fact that Jeff Probst said that 
he was considering having Rick Devins do a voiceover for the for the what was it called the the. Uh, no, Dylan, it's worse. He wanted Rick Devins to be the shopkeeper where people could turn in their fire yeah, tokens and he's the shopkeeper. That's what I mean. But it would be like, he'd be the shopkeeper, but like, it would be his voice. Like he'd walk up to like the totem pole or whatever. Yeah. And he would be like, uh, or whatever the, 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 the trading post or whatever it is. And, uh, and he would be like, uh, <laughs> and he would be like, like the voiceover of it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I, I'd say heavy chance Rick Devins also. Yeah, Jet, Jet, Jeff, Lo- Jeff loves Rick Devins. <laughs> so yeah. I'll give him I'll give him a heavy, heavy chance. But uh, yeah, let's get to some questions we got here. Um, if we have much. Scrolling back. Um, I saw a lot of mostly comments rather than questions. Um, so yeah, we spoke about Cabe and Nia wanted to know for over this format. I think we kind of addressed that already. We wanted to switch it up. Um, don't need to go too much deep into that um let's see this is interesting is playing is playing like michelle the best strategic gameplay to win the new era that's an interesting question from cabinia 2.0 i actually 100 percent agree i really feel like in the new era and you can say this with jam jam you can i mean marianne obviously kind of I mean, the show opened up by maybe her possibly annoying people on her tribe, but people still really love Marianne. I really do. And obviously we saw this with Gabler too. You really, all you got to do, I think in the new era, and I hate to say it, you play a great social game. You make bonds just like, like Jam Jam did with Carson and Fire. You do things that go beyond the game and you just really connect with them on a human level. You play a social game. You don't stand out. Let other people get cut down. Maybe make your move at final five right before the end. And then you win. I really feel like playing like Michelle or like Jam Jam, I really think is the best way to win in the new era. I really do. Yep, I agree. I agree with that. And I also think that something I hope kind of changes that because I think there needs to be more of an incentive to like make a big move almost for for TV purposes. Um, But in terms of like if I was going out there and trying to win the game of Survivor in the modern day, then yes, I agree that playing like Michelle is the best strategic gameplay to win in the new era playing a very good social game um a very good social game with without putting yourself out there as a threat um and and honestly like i the other thing i will say dylan just to get back to strategy because obviously some people kind of say social versus strategic or the mix of the two in the new era if you're the one that's like like omer if you're leading the votes you're going to get targeted as a threat um we see people give a lot of respect to like, they always say, are you on the right side of the vote? Are you voting correctly? Or like, do you know what's going on? Because the problem with Heidi was that she wasn't always on the right side of the votes. Jam Jam and Carson, even and granted, even if they voted like, oh, let's just say they were part of the vote split. If you are if you know what's going to happen, you're, you, you basically are on the right side of the vote, whether you vote for the right person or not. But like, um, I think if you play like Michelle or Jam Jam to Kevinia's question, if you play a social game, and even if you don't like, say i want dylan out next vote like if you just know what's going to happen and you vote the right way and you have the agency that's all you need i I really feel like yeah yeah you got it you got to know everything that's going on you got to have the agency um yeah i i think yeah yeah i think we're we're on the right track here uh this is a funny question oh my god um jay wants to know by the way the matt chat theory has now been proven four out of four times in the new era do you guys see them switching that for next season so i didn't even not know this i did not even know this was a thing until uh until i looked at reddit the other day 
um, after the finale that apparently the last four seasons, the uh, a player who has been asked a question on the mat has been the winner four out of the last four seasons. To me, that, yeah, clearly they, they do that so that they introduce you to the player that is going to go all the way to the end. But look, I, I think that there's been a lot of things that theories that have been floated out there. I'm going to say that Survivor probably, look, I'm gonna. I'm not gonna act like uh, Survivor production is completely in the dark to what people on social media are saying. So maybe they run it back another season. Maybe they don't. I'm not gonna read too much into it next season because I think they can easily switch that up if they see people catching on to that. But I, I don't really think there's much to it, honestly. I would like to think they would switch it up. <laughs> I, they they might just keep doing it. Um, we're we're to come on the podcast season forty five and be like, all right, guys, the guys who got the mad questions, this person, this person, this person, the three the three top odds to win. No, I I think I think they'll they'll probably switch it up if they see. They're always going to show out of the three because they usually do one per tribe in the new era. They're always going to show you two. I mean, granted, one of them has been the winner. One of them is always a character or or a big person in the season. I think Franny was one of the other people for Matt Chat. I can't remember who was on the Orange Tribe that got Matt Chat, but basically they'll always give you at least two people that make the merge and are big characters or the winner or whatever. And then maybe the, the third person will be like a decoy. So you don't know for sure, but I don't see them changing it up that much unless everyone is just screaming at them like, hey, you got to switch it up. Which, which, I mean, I don't know. Maybe Maybe people are doing that. Um, all right. We have a question right here towards the end. Um, what, uh, cool saint wants to know, what do you think, uh, about the 90 minute episodes for next season? Um, big fan, more survivor for us, more things to analyze and hopefully more showing people, social games and more people showing people that get under edited. It's funny because all the confessional stats are going to change for next year it's like you would think that there's gonna be a lot more confessionals given the more tv time so it's funny because like i saw people talking about like oh uh jam jam was one of the most edited players of all time with added like some of the most confessionals ever uh <laughs> now it's like next season players will have more confessionals just because it's 90 minutes that's that's just a funny funny aspect bottom line is i'm excited for it i'm excited too uh i know some people feel like it's a little too long uh, some people are obviously worried that they might do, do more with advantages and twists. And I'm very scared about that. But I think if I'm going to stay positive, it's a good change for the show, especially because how many times do we come on this podcast and we say like, wait, I had no idea Heidi and Jam Jam were that close. Or I had no idea that Jam Jam, Jam and Lauren and Jamie were like best friends out there. Like that would explain a lot more about the relationships and why we get to the points that we get to. So if you're going to show more camp life, you're going to show more strategizing, more social bonds. I really do feel like it's a good thing for the show. Granted, they could really do a lot with with 30 extra minutes, not I mean commercials, but like they could, you know, bring the intro back. They could um, bring back the auction. They can bring back the previously on. There's a lot of things they can do to bring back some older fans in some ways. So I feel like the, the world's is, is their oyster. So they really have a lot of opportunities to make this great. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. Uh, then we'll end. This is a, this is a funny, funny last question that we'll end with. Uh, UNC Andre wants to know, are either of you guys applying for a future season of survivor? What about you, Ryan? I was, li- I know I was really quickly. I was literally having this discussion with a friend yesterday. And he's like, why the hell do you not apply? Like uh, you, you would love this. And I say, I love the game. I really do. 
and maybe I'm maybe I'm not giving myself enough credits. I don't think I would do well with the survival aspect. Just just in my mind, the complete lack of food, especially in the new era where you don't even get rice. Like it's one thing for in the past to get rice at least to get no rice, no food, um, the elements. Because like even for for a quick side note, Dylan, like I was helping my family moved some things with for my grandfather this weekend and it was pouring rain last Saturday and I did that moving in the in the pouring rain for three four straight hours I remember on Samoa there was a day where it was there was an episode where it rained for four days straight in Samoa just straight so I think between the elements and the lack of food I don't think I could ever do the I don't think I could ever do Survivor now if you say to me oh would you do one of those like those those fan survivors where people do it like for one day one or two days I would maybe do, do like a fan survivor but the real thing I don't know if I'm built for that uh, yeah I I would say I am not applying uh and the reason why is I'm completely content with watching and, and it's like it's like Jeff, Jeff Jeff is like I don't think I could play <laughs> Jeff Probst has said I don't think I could play Survivor um I'm completely content watching <laughs> watching it from my couch uh, I don't think I will be getting off my couch to play Survivor just because it's like I I don't think I honestly like I would I would do poor with the survival aspect as well. Um, plus a, a lot of like knowing as much as we know about the show, I would be crazy paranoid the entire time, and I I don't know if I could if I could honestly deal with that uh, for full time, but. You know, maybe maybe things will change in the future for me. I don't know. Also, I hate to say it because I, I don't want to say that. Like, we, we, we I don't want to speak for you. I don't want to say that I would be like a, a game bot, but I don't think I would be very entertaining. I feel like like I would want to see more Carolyn's and Jam Jams than I rather see myself. Like, I don't think I would, yeah, I would be yeah. the most entertaining at all. Look, I, I think I think I could give some good confessionals myself, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I don't know, I. Yeah, I can't see I can't see myself myself out there at any point, but uh, you know, maybe maybe it'll change. I, I would have to. I tell you what, I I would definitely have to Carson and add like thirty pounds before I go out there. That's guaranteed. So uh, anyway, uh, wanted to thank everybody for listening once again this season. Um, we'll see what the schedule is next season in terms of when we could podcast and when we don't podcast. I don't really know. Um, I would love to go back to doing live stuff right after the episode happens but i don't know if my my work schedule will allow that so again that's a plight by your thing and we'll see but we will be back for season 45 and hopefully for some off-season podcasts as well um let us know if, in the comments if you guys want uh any specifically anything specifically for off-season yep. podcast uh podcast comment on the video let us know uh subscribe on all platforms and yeah once again, thank you guys for a great yeah, season. Yeah, thank you as always. Yeah, um, always fun. Again, I, I sound like a broken record. I say this to Dylan every season. I love doing the podcast with him, but I especially love seeing people in the comments chatting with us, asking questions. It really feels like a fun thing just to do and just chat with the fellow community of Survivor enthusiasts. So always appreciate the support. Uh, hopefully we'll see you all soon. And for the last time this season, grab your torches and head back to camp. Good night.